Well, good evening, Mark, or good morning. Hey, Johnny, how are you, buddy? I, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, going on a trip, and yeah. I, I don't know if I'm, I should be excited about this or not excited about this. So, let me tell you about it. They, I'm, I'm okay. going to visit some friends of mine in Norway. Like, I've been to Norway twice before. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, it's basically Colorado, but by the ocean. You know, there's giant cliffs everywhere. There's huge, cool trees everywhere. Um, everybody speaks English. It's small little, it feels, feels like small little mountain towns, but you're also right next to the ocean. It's pretty badass. And I'm going, so I'm going on a trip, and I'm going, and they have this thing in Norway where you can literally camp anywhere you, you want. It's it's like okay. a right of the land thing. It's been around since the Vikings. So if if you if you got a house in Norway and some random ass American dickbag that lives in Germany but is there to visit wants to come and pitch a tent in your front yard, you can't do anything to him. Like I can't make a giant fucking mess in someone's yard. Right. But at the same token, they can't just kick me out for being it's, it's kind of like a, a weird, cool concept, but it, it's supposed to be there to encourage people to, one, be friendly to their neighbors, and two, see more of their country, because Norway is pretty fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, it's like, I think square meters, it's almost it's almost as big as the state of Colorado. Um, oh, but wow. it goes okay. from Yeah, but it goes from, like, uh, the latitude, longitude of Vancouver all the way up to, like, fucking zero to the North Pole. So like it huge, huge coastline. It would take something like twenty eight hours to drive from the northernmost point to the southernmost point of Norway. Like something oh my ridiculous. God. But uh yeah, so like I'm I'm going I'm going on this trip and we're gonna do some camping and a friend the friend I'm going to visit has keeps telling me about this ridiculous thing from their family. Like it's like a, a tradition that you go and you carve something into this big ass stump. Um and they've got these like the I've been to Norway before, and there's the trees there aren't huge. They're, like, really tall and kind of spindly. But this one is mm-hmm. supposedly, like, redwood massive, you know? Like, like you cut this fucker down, and you could make a, a, a dinner table out of it, out of just, like, three-quarter inch of the, of the top sheaf of it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Real cool shit. But it's it's tradition in my friend's family that you, you go to Norway, you carve your name into this thing, um, when you hit a certain age or, you know, when you're celebrating something and, and I was told like, Hey, you, this is your third time to Norway, but you just like, you know, I potentially got myself, um, a blue card to stay in Europe for a while. So they're like, that seems like a good enough thing. And you know, you're a member of our, like they consider me a member of their family, which I was very honored. So I'm going to go to and, and carve something into this, but I don't know, Mark, I need some help figuring out what I'm going to carve into this stump. Okay. What, you got any ideas? Well, I mean, like, so, you know, something that's going to, like, you know, stand the test of time, right? Yeah, you echo through the ages, exactly. Like, I, I want to get prophetic about this. I'm, so, I mean, you know, I'm always a big fan of, like, nuke the whales, because you got to nuke something. Yes, yes. I, I seriously considered that one. Or my, my senior quote, which was, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. That's always been very impactful for me, but I don't. Those just don't quite fit for me. I, I was thinking something more along the lines of, "Welcome to the Dang Old Podcast." <laughs> I was gonna pitch that, and I even like punched it into Google Translate because I thought it'd be something cool, and it's not. It's just "Welcome into Dang Old Podcast." <laughs> well, <laughs> <and> welcome. <laughs> Stupid K. 
carry over words and languages. <laughs> yes, this is the Dangle Podcast, a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy and travel companion sometimes, Johnny, we take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We talk about how good the episodes can be and how terrible they actually are, and then we slap it with our patented rating system and, oh, buddy, let's just slow dance our way into this one. What do you say? <laughs> I, I say we do. I'm, I'm, I'm not excited to talk to you all about episode 205, Luann Gets Lucky. Original air date, March 25th, 2007. This is written by Jonathan Collier. Collier. Uh, 200 episodes in, and I still don't know how he wants his name pronounced because he's never corrected me. Mark, where did we see him last? Um, last time we saw him was Arlen City Bombers, which you and I were tepid at best, and then Pygmalion, which yeah. I was all about. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. get some okay. decent things out of Mister Collier, whatever you want him to, but yeah. Okay. Well, this week we have a cast of characters that include Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale, B- Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer. Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Elvin Mackleston, Mud Dauber, Jack, Kevin's brother, Lucky's grandfather, and Kevin, who is our guest star. And Mark, do you know who voices Kevin, or did you recognize that voice? Because you should have. I know you should have. I know I should have, but I didn't. Who is it, buddy? Okay, so Kevin is voiced by a guy named Jack DeSena. And Jack DeSena has done some... uh, bit parts here and there he's not a widely recognizable person at least not in his face like i pulled him up on imdb didn't instantly recognize the guy you know he's kind of like a forgettable extra but his voice sounded very familiar and i wonder if i ask you about my moon sword or my boomerang or um my good friend appa and momo oh my god Sokka? is he Sokka? yeah yeah he's everybody's favorite water tribe leader Sokka. Wow. Yeah. When you go back right, I, and listen to this, because uh, I know you're going to, you'll, you'll have to listen yeah. for it, but you can definitely tell once you know it's Sokka, like, oh, yep, that's him. Cool. Got it. For all you uh, Last Airbender friends out there, this is Sokka. This one is for you, Brad, for you and your boys. You rewatch Last Airbender, because I know Brad listens. Oh, excellent. Yes, this one's for you, buddy. Um, hey, I, I absolutely adore that show. Um, yeah, Korra's okay. I don't hate it, but it's it's just, it's not Avatar. Avatar's fantastic. I'm really stoked for the live action, and I'm really ready to be heard again. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, the only shit. way I can, I can, I can, like, fully express myself here is that I am ready to be heard again. Um, Mark's synopsis for King of the Hill, because that's what we're talking about, is Hank yeah. and the fellas learn what stumping is, and Luann goes to the prom. A-story characters here, there really is only one story this episode, Luann and Lucky. Everybody else is kind of there, but they're very tangential. Um, they're there for story and plot device, but this is a Lucky and Luann story. So, what do you say we jump in with some notes? Um, yeah, really quick, let's talk about a couple other guest stars, maybe. So we got Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's big brother, as Jack. He's a returning character. I don't know if he's a guest star or not, but, like, 
when he shows up, it's sparing enough, and it's just the one character. It's like Fred Willard as a cop, and you're just like, oh, hey, there he is. That's true. Um, no, that's true. Thank you for bringing up B.D. Murray. Love that guy. Yeah. And then, um, is, um, uh, Elroy, is that still, um, what, Trace Atkins we figured out? Is that still him, or did they switch up, uh, actors? Uh, you know the only voiced the only voiced actor that is credited in the wiki is Trace Adkins. Now the 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 wiki is not always the most reliable source, but I'll go with it for this uh, for this one. So yeah, it should be Trace <laughs> if, Adkins. If ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's accurate when I edit it. <laughs> uh, according to IMDb, yes, it is in fact uh, Trace Adkins. Trace Adkins, okay. And then Tom Petty does a uh, mud dauber. So, Tom Petty's pulling double duty this week. Okay, good on you. God, Muddauber is, he is intimidating this week. I don't know. He's got real thin arms, and I kind of feel like you could kill him by throwing a bar of soap at him, but yeah. <laughs> Just throw a brown recluse spider at him. Um, Mark, what do you got for notes for me, buddy? Oh, shockingly little. Um... I'll be honest. You know what? I'm just going to read you my last note. I stopped writing notes. I sat and I watched it and I tried to find anything redeemable about it and I could not. And then I tried to find anything that I could find that was pissing me off and I really couldn't other than, you know, my primal need to bash Lucky in the head with a hammer, Bobby Baratheon his ass. Okay. I just, so much in this just made me feel bad. Just bad i felt bad i wanted to like call you this morning and be like we need to take another day because i need to rewatch this i'm like no you got bigger <laughs> fish to fry today homie so here we are with my staggeringly few notes so Jax is still a thing we haven't seen it since um um oh hair days what's it called hotties but i just can't think of the actual name of the, the episode oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about i can't remember off the top of my head I'm starting to, yeah. to wane here because this these later episodes, I haven't watched as many of them, and so I, I don't have that, that instant recall. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we saw it last time in that. Um, that's where the last time we saw Jack, too. Um, and then I guess Luann is still working there, so that answers the question of what is Luann doing these days. I thought for sure she was waiting tables at Rattlesnakes, but yeah, I guess not. I don't... Whatever, the Luan timeline is spotty and doesn't exist at best, except for in this last couple seasons. Depressing as that kind of yeah. sounds. Um, Bill is describing tinnitus. He really the is. Perpetual yeah, it's, uh, ring. In yeah. his left ear. Yeah, he's had it since he was a kid, which... Again, t t how little attention I actually paid here. All I could think is, like, what the hell was Bill doing that he got tinnitus at 15 years old? Right, right. Um, the only thing I can think of is that he, you know, maybe he went swimming somewhere where he shouldn't have and got an infection in his ear and just never treated it, or his dad never helped him treat it. Yeah, I thought maybe um, head injury from being the bulldozer, because I know that you can get knocked sometimes oh, and yeah. it'll kind of screw up your stuff, but I don't know. I also don't, knock on wood, I don't have tinnitus, so. Um, Johnny, what happened to that Samori to, to get it closed down? Wrong answers only, and you can't say Enrique, uh, that Joe Jack got mad and pooped in their fryer, too. <laughs> um, that's Amore. Uh, they never got their freezer door fixed, and somebody actually died inside. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is the correct uh, uh, Arlen hotspot, right? I think you're... I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's some. 
Yeah, that's it's the more because yeah. it's a romantic it was, um... dinner. It's a romantic dinner that he has to go out with Dale and Nancy with. Yeah, that's you're right. Wow, dude, good, good pull. All right, you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. The 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 guy who got trapped in there once got trapped in there again, and well, Hank couldn't save him this time. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> Makes this episode that much more watchable, though, doesn't it? I Yeah, for that one little scene, it does. Um, did Luann graduate? I She had to, to get into community college, I'm assuming, right? You need to have a GED equivalent to, you know, right? Yeah, yeah she, I think so. I, I would not be surprised. I mean, she is in the working workforce, essentially, when the series starts. Um, right. Because she hasn't gone to college yet, but she's definitely not in school. But she's living at home with Hank. So Yeah, I think she's weird, 19 when we weird, start. Yeah, it's that weird, like, 19, 20-year-old, like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but college wasn't my first shot out of the gate, so I'm just kind of dicking around and doing odd jobs or mooching off my boyfriend and my uncle. Yeah. Um, the only reason I ask is because, so, at least in timeline, she's 21. We we, we have seen her turn 21 in the alley. She drinks a little beer. Yep. Um, yep. In Night and Deity. But so, I don't know. She's three years out of school. I don't know. It's It's whatever. There's a lot of continuity issues in this for me. I think is my is yeah. one of my bigger problems. Um, number one, is Peggy still substitute teaching, or is she now just a stay at home press reporter? Yeah, for the bystander, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, so with that one, um, there's no reason that Kevin shouldn't have recognized her. You know. Okay. Yeah. And but then I get to thinking, there's more than one. See, my problem comes down to there's more than one high school in Arlen, but there's also, you know, she bounces around, I'm sure. Um, why wouldn't Peggy go to prom with Hank? She should have been firmly solidified in dating Hank at this time, but she had to hold out for one of the better-looking guys and then not go. Literally, we just Jonathan Collier just doesn't remember what happened to Peggy, I don't think. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's. I'm upset. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out here. Help me process this, because that's all I got, dude. That's all I wrote. I'm gonna send you a wow. picture of my notes for this episode. I wow. I quit watching. Okay. I, I I didn't quit watching. It. I just quit trying because it's like this isn't gonna be good. Like it's not enjoyable. It's not. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll start off here in my notes here. I got a couple of talking points, um, and different things like that that I picked up on. So we'll we'll stretch this out for a second. Um. Yeah. With uh, the way that Lucky treats Luann, would you consider him a chauvinist? Because she talks about how, how every, yeah, like everything that he does, it's it's only like it's guys only, it's gentlemen's only, is is how he says it. But he's nice about it, so it's like, uh, is he? Is he not? Is it like a like a sort of sleeper agent type of thing where he's he really is a chauvinist, but he's nice to you, so you forgive him for it? Like, is he the worst kind of chauvinist there is, Mark? Yeah, dude, he's the one that just, like, yeah, yeah, he got his baby mama, like, and that's it. Like. Interesting. That's that's how I took it. I, You know what I also understand? Have your hobbies that are separate from your partner. That's a very important thing to have. Like, you know, my granddad left my grandmother at home all the time to go hunting and fishing and general outdoors and activities, but 
you know, they also did shit together. They'd go gamble all the damn time. So, you know, like, you gotta do, you gotta yeah. have your stuff, but then you also gotta, you know, do your own gotta thing. Have the and shared I, stuff. Yeah, and I appreciate that, and I respect that, but Lucky's just, it's Lucky. He's a D-Gen. And quite frankly, he's not treating my girl right, but. Okay, okay. Even if I said I just, last just... week, she's dead to me. <laughs> It was just it was an observation that I made because Lucky comes off as a as a relatively nice guy who takes care of Luann most of the time. But it I noticed that in this episode, I was like, huh, yeah. Now that she has named it, there's a lot of things that you're just not even willing to try and share with her, and she clearly wants to be a part of more more of a part of your world. Um, so yeah, uh, so out of sticking, cat fisting, and uh. Oh, what is it? Stumping? Stump What's pulling? the most redneck thing that Lucky does in this series? Is it racing pretty, pretty truck truck? I would say that, yeah. Okay. Sticking is the most rednecky thing. Like, okay. there is okay. no point to it other than just beating the shit out of people, and that's tantamount to human cockfighting. Like, What's wrong with that? <laughs> because it's never the intelligent people that are doing it, Mark. Because no one will do it with me, Johnny. up. um moving on moving on so okay so Um, like you're gonna hang out with lucky for the weekend what are you gonna do with him you're gonna go sticking you're gonna go um cat fisting what what are you gonna do i'm going to an air guitar convention with him because you know that he's gonna have some some stupid that he loves to listen to and loves to do and he's just gonna just rock and roll all all the whole time i'm gonna go do something that's rock related with him because that also seems to be one of his fortes Probably You're going to go wait in line for Brownsville Station tickets? You know what? I'd rather do that than catfisting or sticking. God, I'd love to go catfisting. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on here. Mark, moving do you know on. what a burl is? I don't. It's a... What is it? It's a uh, imperfection in the wood that makes it real... Per- Somebody... What, was it uh, Hauser used to have a burl pipe, or was it you had the burl pipe, and you're, you guys are all proud of it? Uh, Hauser did. Hauser did. Yeah. Um, yeah, if yeah. I remember correctly, it was it was him or Ben. Oh, so a burl. Yeah. Okay. A burl or a bird, depending if you're American or British when you're saying it. Uh, it's a tree growth in which the grain has grown in a deformed manner. It's commonly found in the form of a rounded, col- uh, rounded outgrowth on a tree trunk or branch that's filled with small knots from dormant buds. Um, there is there's such a thing as poaching, like burlwood poaching where people will intentionally like scar and maim trees to get them to do this and trees that are not theirs. Like they intentionally fuck up other people's trees. So I'm like, that's interesting, but it is super sought after wood, especially for hobbyists because the burls are, they make it a unique type of, of wood that you could do woodworking with. Right. Yeah. I I do like that bit about, well, boom, how are one of the walnut dashboard and Dale, I want to, Walnut buttstock for my gun. Yep, and Bill wants a walnut hat. He just wants to go, damn it. Um, I like, well, and I was curious what, what a burl actually was because at one point when they finally show up to the stump, Hank is taking a look at it and he says something like six burls per square inch. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's nothing but swirly wood. It's uh, Uzumaki wood. <laughs> it's been or corrupted by the spiral. Square inch, square foot. But yeah, well, shit, dude, that's what it feels like, Uzumaki. But I was just like, that's that seems like an insane find that nobody has ever done. And I'm trying to also... Well, think, what does like, Lucky say? It, it's worth $15,000 in back then money. It's right. Well, and let's see. 
if we're if we're gonna try and like timeline this out, the last time Lucky saw it was probably what two years. We're gonna say two okay. years accurately. If he tried to pull it once, busted his winch, and then slipped on PP and got his PP money, I would yeah. say two years from that point leads him to when they go this time. In two years, there's a lot of damage that the the elements can do to it. It rains a shitload in Texas in a lot of different places, and wood gets soggy and rotted out, even walnut, especially like some of the hardwoods, if they're not cut down just right. Um, so it's like, you dude, after two years, wood. maybe that... I, I, after two years, it's like, how much of that wood is actually usable now? Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know, it was it was fascinating. I, I got into this whole like rabbit hole on, on what burled wood was, and I, I mean, I like hardwoods and stuff, and walnut, I think, is really, really pretty. Um, mm-hmm. It's some cool shit. Uh, and then we have two, at least two song cues here. Um, I couldn't pick up a... Th- the, there's a third one in between these. They're all at the prom, and I couldn't figure out what the fuck the third one is. The first one here, thanks to my lady wizard who managed to look it up, is Didn't You Know How Much I Loved You by Kelly Pickler. You heard me right, everybody. Kelly yeah. Pickler. She chose to have a stage name and left it Pickler. I, I don't even know her. This. That's stupid. <laughs> and 25 or 6 to 4 by the great band Chicago. Can I be the dumbest I've ever been? I thought for sure that. I thought that was a White Stripe song. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, there's I that episode that. of The Simpsons where Bart gets a drum kit and it, they copy that White Stripes video. And it, I swear to God, right. it's that. And I didn't bother looking into it. But honestly, I don't know the White Stripes very well, but they they very well could have covered it. That might be what you're li- listening to. So it could be both. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to keep moving on here because if you, I'm guessing if you don't have very many notes, you don't have any pros or cons, right? Oh, I got a shitload of cons, but I'm not, I didn't write them down. You know what? You just talk and I'm just, we're just going to mix this one up a little bit because I'm sure that you will trigger something inside of me that makes me smile <laughs> and think fondly because you usually are pretty good for that. You know, you usually, okay. Hell, you you have swayed my ratings in the past. Who knows? Maybe you can sway this one too. Hope to God you can. I don't know, but. <laughs> um. Well, we'll start with my pros here then. Uh, forty-eight inches across is huge. Um, that is a yeah. huge stump. That's like a fourth grader from head to toe, like just laying on the ground. Um, that is that is massive. And I'm like, that's a, that's a really cool, like concept. I don't know where you would put it in your house. Like I would just have this giant chunk of wood sitting somewhere. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating to me. Uh, we almost lost lucky Mark because of stumping. Yeah. We got really close. Cause at one point he almost dies. Yeah. Damn it. Scary we to think about close, the road, man. not traveled, huh, buddy? Yes. Um, also, listeners, me. I apologize. I know how bad my lucky is. I hear how bad my lucky is. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you I'm got four, four at... seasons of perfect cotton, so shut up. What? Sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised at how supportive Peggy is this episode in Luann going to prom. But I think this is the writers being extra mean to Peggy and going, well, of course she is. She's never going to get to go to prom. At least the land still got a shot. Let's just ram that dagger even harder into Peggy and make her look that much more pathetic. 
Like, mm-hmm. God, it's it's a pro to me that that Peggy is supportive. It's not a pro to me that they're being dickheads to her. Um, I'm gonna read you exactly what I wrote here. The cherry on top of the redneck Sunday that is Luann is wearing a tiara to prom. <laughs> and damn, is that just the most fitting thing for her? Um, and my last pro here, Luann's reaction to Bobby's promposal to her. I know it's not for a couple of years, but when I have a prom, and she just like turns around and good God. I I don't know what I, I don't know. I would just be stunned. I would be stunned. stunned that that is fear. one of my, yes, that is one of my favorite animated bits that they've ever done of Luann. Which is hilarious because one of my only favorite moment in this is one of my others, um, but yeah, it's we get some fun like reactive shots of Luann this episode. It makes me happy. There's uh, a lot of good face shots yeah. in this. Um, yeah, yeah. There's Very a expressive. there's a yeah. There's that bit when you know Lucky and Luann break up in the in the alley, and like. Um, Hank, I don't know if you caught Hank's face, but, like, that dude is, like, he's almost smiling ear to ear. You know what I mean? He's just so happy that this son of a bitch is out of his life. Like, you, okay. and I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it, I saw it. I caught it, and I was like, wow, okay, cool, because Hank I'll still have to, hates I'll Lucky. i go back. Yeah, but. Yeah, because I didn't notice that, but. So those are my pros, um. If, if go give me some cons, man, because I I don't have very many of those either. Um, I hate this episode trope. I hate the senior citizen is gonna go to prom. I hate it. Who the hell cares about prom? I don't know. Maybe because I don't know. I also won Prince one year, and it was the single most embarrassing thing in my life because I had to dance with this girl who was way more popular than me, and it was the worst experience of her life because she should have danced with someone else. And I just got voted in because I wasn't an asshole. You know, it was, like, the one time that, like, democracy yeah. worked and, like, the bluff got <laughs> called collectively. But, like, it was the same night that I touched the ass dancing to our song by Elton John because put my hand on her butt while we were dancing. And that was the greatest moment of my life. And I'll always remember that moment. So, like, <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess it's important. But then to that end, I also remember the chocolate fountain that I kept dipping hot wings into because have you dipped hot wings into chocolate fountains? It's amazing, Johnny. Like, and this was, you know, before Golden Corral ruined it for us. Um, my point is, I hate this idea of I missed out on a thing. Now I'm going to do a thing that is intended as a, a sort of rite of passage four children. And yes, Luann is a child. She is dumb. She is naive. She's about as deep as a damp napkin. But God, they're just... You want to talk about, like, writers being mean. They are intentionally shitty to Luann. I'm sorry. Like... Oh, yeah. This for, is a for bad a minute one there, for her. For a minute there, Luann was, like, redeemable and positive. And now, like, we will dance, we'll have a picnic and the ants will get into it. It's like, that's what you're doing? Come on. Like, we're getting a lot of Luann this season, too. It's just, I, I don't like any yeah. bit of it. Anyway, um, tag me. Also, feel free to tag in at any moment here. Um, sure. He's a child. That boy is 15 years old. Like, nobody thinks <laughs> that, like, number one, why is Lucky king of the D-Gens? I don't know. Like, because he has the most money? Because he bought the most beer at one point in time for these two assholes? Like, just that is obnoxious. Like, I hate, 
I really liked, you know, when Elvin first showed up in Redneck on Rainy Street. That was a cool bit. He right. had some cool interaction with Khan, these little bits. But, like, they're going to assault a child? Like, and it's also, I'm sorry, dude. I grew up, again, I have talked a lot about my shit kicker past. I know an Elvin, Elvin and I know a Mud Dauber. And I can guarantee you that I could whoop both of their asses at any given moment because they're a, they're just, you know, they're dumb. And they don't know what it means to duck. You know, like... Their idea of fighting would be to take the punch square to the face and like, ha ha, I hurt his hand with my forehead. Like, right. just that, just these little bits. I understand it's all for plot and shit. The bit when they're, how the hell did they get into the gym? Did, I guarantee you they both quit going to school and they were eight years old too, like Lucky did, you know, decided to take up smoking as a career choice. Like, there's just so <laughs> right. much to this that I hate and it's just we have to accept it based on the merit of the episode. Like... Fuck. It, also, colossal violation of parole, and there's no cops in Arlen? Where the hell is Fred Willard, man? Like, where the hell is <laughs> right? Officer Toby Huss? Where? Where are they, John? Because they're sure hey, as shit Hank, not here. Hank isn't there, so they have no reason to be. Because remember, the Hanks are uh, the uh, cops in Arlen only exist to harass Hank. You're right. You're That's my bad. You're right. I, okay, con to me for continuity. You're right. You're right. My apologize. <laughs> we figured that out in Hank's bully. Like, we came to that conclusion. <laughs> Um, um, the guys are idiots. And I mean, like, yes. you know, Hank, Bill, Boomhauer, like, they are idiots to just think that going with Lucky is a good idea. Because how did yes. you not know this was going to end this way? I'm honestly surprised the cable didn't snap and rip Bill's arm off. You know, like, because that's where this would have concluded. Um, oh, I'm so upset. Tag in, tag in. <laughs> Uh, well, first con here, somebody putting maple syrup in soda? That is disgusting. I don't care if Bobby did mix it well. I That is that is an affront to man. Um, Luann's, Luann's con, line... Con, Lucky is endorsing Bobby's diabetes. Like, <laughs> Yes, yes, he is. Well, now we know why Lucky only has three teeth. Um, <laughs> Lu- Luann's line about how promise for everybody, even the crippled and the gay... Like, come on, writers. We're so much better than this now. Especially Luann. Like, come no, on. No, she would have gone to high school in the early 90s when you know that the kid in the... We- this was before, like, we made the big push to be inclusive and, like, the kid in the wheelchair with MS, like, is allowed to ask Taylor Swift to prom and then she is obligated to go because otherwise we're going to cancel her because she didn't do it. I don't know. I still think that she's better than that. I think it's I think it's low hanging fruit. Like Oh, very low. Especially but coming yeah. out of her. Um and then what the fuck is Dale doing this entire episode? Like we get weird lines out of him. He just he's constantly saying things like, Oh, his implant. I I got a the guy that did mine was rather shifty. Yada yada yada. Like when, whenever Dale opens his mouth in this episode, it is it seems so off brand. And does not fit in with anything that's going on. And I'm like, I just want to omit you. I want to omit all of you. I think Hank could have been stranded on his own. I would have preferred to see just Hank and Lucky doing it. This would have been a bonding moment. Like, you know, they could have had, like, moments in the truck as they're driving in. And you don't talk about your feelings while you're stumping, right? Like, we could have had different moments and different beats. And I agree with you a thousand percent because my other con is Bill. Like... We're yeah. Bill just isn't going to be good. All that good shit we saw with Blood and Sauce, well, that you saw with Blood and Sauce, and I was just kind of nonplussed <laughs> with it, but, like, 
<laughs> all that, like, it doesn't matter anymore. No one cares. Like, oh, don't throw away this one relationship with the DJ who knocked you up, Luann. <sighs> the, the bit where he hits his face in the back of Lucky's seat. Just that. Just that shows me how little we think of Bill at this point. He's, he's a prop to be abused and it's not enjoyable this isn't falcon attack this isn't him recreating several of you know pixar's greatest hits no this is this is bill's final pant load form here you are kids enjoy it do you also notice how boomhauer hasn't said shit in like six episodes yeah like he doesn't say anything at all anymore he's he is a he is a he is a tree dude he is like supposed to be britta in the glee club like not allowed to talk don't say anything like and then, too, with Dale, yeah. like, to your point, Dale is just there. Like, I don't think he, that Jonathan I mean, Collier shit, is good but... at writing episodes. What's that? As I say, he's saying Dale shit. Just none of it, none of it is really related to the episode. Like, it seems weird and out of place. Dale but... one-liners, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, I don't know. Those are, my, those are my cons. You got anything else that you need to rail on before we get to a favorite moment? Um, I'm sure I do, but whatever. I don't. The kid is 15. They're what? What are you gonna do? Like God, I. Okay, here's my problem. Here's my problem. Is I again shit kicker past. Uh, lucky mud dauber, all this shit. I know these people. I remember like the guys that would show up to high school football games to go try and like jump the quarterback from the other team, and they were in their 20s. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like. But it's so we're also at this point now where like you called this out. Sure, or I I don't know. I I don't. I really don't know what it is. But like, it honestly kind of makes me feel that like Jason Aldean tried that in a small town bullshit. Like, good old boyisms and everything. But then I also get to thinking about it. Like, the Hills are officially the redneck family. They are the most rednecky family on Rainy Street, and it's really depressing to me because like you were calling this out a couple weeks ago. How like. They're not, you know, Khan has always joked about like, oh, hillbilly, but like, it's not, they are sure, whatever, but like, up until now, everything's been cool, and then like, this week is like, you know, Lucky's always there, you got like, I, I don't know, and also, 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 Bobby's already been to prom, in the story of Kidney Boy and Hamster Girl, I don't know if that was homecoming or prom or what, it does, uh, homecoming, because you called it out as a con, because they're having a yeah. pep rally in like, spring, Either way, like, all these little things, it's just like, this is so just, it's so tropey. It is. Um, I feel like it's it's like a rehash, and we've already seen this, and we didn't need to see it with Luann. Well, where did we see it, I guess? I mean, the, just the whole, like, high school dance thing. You already mentioned it. We, we saw it in Kidney Boy and Hamster Girl. Yeah, but, like, she didn't... I guess that's my problem, is, like, maybe I need to go back and rewatch that one to get context for this one. But, like, there's not a mo... I don't know. I just... No, you know what I'm thinking of is um Love Hurts and So Does Art. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, okay. And Luann is all, like, romanticizing the school dance. That's what I'm thinking of. I apologize. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Um... Give me your favorite moment or cons or anything else you want to say, buddy. The the only favorite moment I got for this episode, it's a still, and it's it's the picture of Luann eating pancakes. 
And it's I yeah. I like it because it's because it, it's a stupid picture. We would never see anything like we would never see that. But you remember, Mark, you and I were a high on a horse a couple of seasons ago about how King of the Hill treats their characters like they're actual humans and not comic book character, like not comic characters, you know, not right. animated, indestructible, ca- cartoony beings. Yeah, they and, animate them like humans. And yeah, Nancy Downblow shot. Yeah, exactly. This to me is one of those moments because this is an unflattering picture that is taken that all of us can relate to as humans. Okay. I appreciate it because it's a side of Luann that really no one should never have should never have seen. No one in their right mind would have ever animated Luann looking like a dumb shit eating a, like a mouthful of pancakes. Like that it's just it's like a weird little glimpse into what it would be like if we saw Luann as a real person. Okay. But I also just appreciate that it's a different kind of drawing. Like I I like I like it when they try something new and weird and different and to me that that's definitely what that moment is. It's like her scowl. We've never seen her get that pissed off and that angry and hold it like that towards somebody and when she does it to Bobby it fucking stuns him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You got a favorite moment, buddy? Um, I'm trying to think. Again, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just no, not really. No, you know what? This entire episode okay. is throwaway for me, and no. Um, you know what? No. Um, when when Bobby is trying to comb out Luann's um terrible, terrible Jack cut, <laughs> it keeps um, slipping she's got, up. She's got the haircut that Head does. <laughs> no, no, she does. It's real no. close. It's a mix between Head and Kitty Foreman, and maybe that's because I've been watching way too much of that 70s show, but oof. Trying to find a picture of Head. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. You're good. No, dude, not at all. Head is, it's got the backflip, or, you know, the backflip up, but Head is a middle part with no bangs. Oh, okay. Maybe I have been watching too much of that 70s show. It's I think you have, Yeah, so that's it. Oh, it won't calm down. It keeps flipping up. I'm so upset I shouldn't talk about our rating system. Would you do the honors, buddy? I would happily do that. Um, our rating say a system breaks down at like this. At the very bottom, we have a charcoal episode. This is a failure of an episode. A charcoal is uh, its dirty like the soot that it creates under your boy's fingernails. It's not clean burning. It's not a fun episode to watch. Um... Charcoal episodes are ones that that don't represent the show very well. So we don't like them at all. After that, you got a Megalo. This is kind of like our bronze medal. Um, bronze makes it sound way more glorious than a Megalo really is because most Megalos are just trash episodes. They're one step above a charcoal, but mm, the redeeming quality is usually something that doesn't have anything to do with the episode. Maybe the guest star was, was okay. Maybe something cool happened and, like... I don't know, maybe maybe you and I noticed a bit of continuity in the background. That's a Megalo. After that, you got a Butane, and a Butane is our middle ground silver medal. It's a bastard episode, just like Butane's a bastard gas. You love to hate it, you hate to love it. Uh, butane episodes are a dime a dozen. The m- majority of King of the Hill is probably a Butane for most people. Um, they're watchable, you can throw them on in the background, you can pay attention to them, you can just dick around on your phone. You're going to have it on in the background, and it's just going to be King of the Hill. It's going to be auto-playing. It's fine. After that, you got your Char Kings, and your Char King episode is the, the gold standard of King of the Hill. These are the best that we have to offer. A Char King episode is everything you want in a King of the Hill episode, and they're ones that you're going to actively seek out and watch. Um, 
They've got great stories, great guest stars. They turn uh, typical sitcom tropes into something that you have never seen before, or they put a fun little twist on something. If Mark and I both agree that Charking, or in episodes of Charking, becomes an Imperial, and the only thing that you can improve upon an Imperial and when it comes to King of the Hill is you need a little bit of context to fully appreciate the, the deepness that this episode goes into. After that, you got your Blue Flame of Valor, and this is the highest award that we can gift one of our episodes here. Uh, the Blue Flame of Valor represents the absolute best of not just King of the Hill, but TV in general. This is the episode that makes the series. It's what you're going to show to somebody who has never seen King of the Hill and say, hey, I really like this show. You should give it a shot. So, uh, our last Blue Flame of Valor was last week, and I just so happened to give it to Blood and Sauce. So, if you guys happen to like Bill Deltrieve and are of a similar mindset of me, you might enjoy going back to that one quite frequently. I know I do. Mark, <laughs> on a scale of charcoal to Blue Flame of Valor, what do you give Luann Gets Lucky? Uh, number one, I need to apologize because I was blinded by my rage like a young Anakin Skywalker, and I killed them all, the men, the women, and the children, because they're animals. But in this case, there is a favorite moment that I missed, and it is Lucky's uh, retelling of how his granddad found the uh, stump. Okay. I apologize. That was a really good bit. Um, he found the stump. Uh, you know what happens when a stump gets struck by lightning, John? It burns down, <laughs> turns into charcoal. That's what I'm rating Ooh. this episode. I hate this episode. I will not be turning it on. Matter of fact, I will be turning it off. How about you, buddy? Uh, I gave it a mega low. Um, okay. I, it's I, I found myself asking about probably about 30 times how long until this episode is over as I was watching it. It was a slog getting through it. Um, not even the promzilla Luan could really make me laugh. I, I think I genuinely chuckled maybe once or twice. And... It has nothing to do with Lucky. It has nothing to do with any of his cronies. It's nothing to do with any of the guys in the alley. I, I think it's sight gags. It's, you know, the little kid and Luann getting dumped by a 15-year-old and he <laughs> just sitting there playing Sega or something when she shows up. Like, eh, okay. Um, I don't know. Like, and you get to see some silly Peggy in this, but that's... There's not a lot to like in this episode. It's it, To me, it's a mango. I'm not going to seek it out. I probably would turn it off, too, if I saw it. If I recognized what it was, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess it gets a megalo for me and not a charcoal because it taught me about burling. So that's cool. Okay. You, you know, you did come away with this. And, okay, so again, and I, I got to fall <laughs> back and regroup here. Well, no, so what was it? Um. The uh, Kelly Slater bit, and, you know, we got to just go down that rabbit hole base of what a cool person Kelly Slater was based off right. the one line in Hank's Bully. So, like, that's the big takeaways I get out of King of the Hill is, like, you you, you take something out of it. You, you come away from it being a better person or, you know, to learn is noble. Knowledge is power, all that good shit. But, like... So you learned a thing, and so that's at least a... I'm glad that you got something out of it is my point. <laughs> Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Well, let's see if we can learn anything from our next episode. What do you say? Uh, let's do it, buddy. Okay, this is episode 206, Hank Gets Dusted. Uh, no April Fool's here, guys, even though I really wish it was. April 1st, 2007 is our premiere date, written by Kit Boss. Mark, where did we last see Kit Boss? Oh, we last saw Kit Boss in... 
a lot of stinkers and a lot of good things. Goodbye Normal Jeans, which I loved and you enjoyed. After the Mold Rush, which we gave a mega low. That's the double mega low rating. And uh, <laughs> Opera's Tank Le Deluge, uh, which I okay. was all about and you enjoyed fondly. So Kit Boss is the most hit or miss dude on this writing staff for us. I, I am pretty damn sure. He is either, gotcha. we are either very hot or very cold on him. Okay. Well, our cast of characters for Hank Gets Dusted is Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Dusty Hill, Cotton Hill, Paul Portis, Billy F. Gibbons, Frank Beard, non-speaking roles from Nancy and Joseph Gribble, Min Supanusenpone, Lucky Kleinschmidt. We also have roles from Con Supanusenpone, John Redcorn, Buck Strickland, and Mark, our guest stars this week. Uh, let's start with Paul Portis. Paul Portis is also Batman. How cool is that? We have Batman on King of the Hill. I wrote him down as uh, Bojack Horseman, but yes, two animal-human hybrids <laughs> in Will Arnett, yes. Yes, Will Arnett, everybody. Go listen to him. Um, his name is not Gob, it's actually Job, and his mother doesn't really care for him. Um, other than that, we've got Dusty Hill, Billy F. Gibbons, and Frank Beard, also known as Drumroll Mark. ZZ Top. I don't know if that picked up on your end, but I was drum rolling for you, buddy. I, I heard a little bit of it. It's, you know what? And then I it, punched my mic. <laughs> it'll pick up on your <laughs> mic, so I'm good with it. Uh, synopsis here. Cotton gives Hank's cousin his Cadillac car. Our A story here, Hank, Dusty. Um, everybody else is there, but really it's a Hank and Dusty story. Uh, let's jump right into it, man. Um I've got one cool note about the origin of ZZ Top's name. Do you know where it comes from? Uh, no clue. Uh, so ZZ Top is a reference to zigzag rolling papers and top rolling tobacco. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of kind of fun. Um, you want me to start with notes? You want to start with notes? I, I started last time. No, yeah, take her away, man. I don't know. You did, because cool. I was hey, Mark, so angry. What was... What was your first car? Uh, my first car was the Mirthmobile in 1995 Jimmy that I loved. I loved, loved, loved it. It went from zero to 60 in about, well, you remember what, two minutes. I just remember that one time we went to Endless Shrimp and you were in the car with me and it took like a minute to get up to highway speed and I just looked at you <laughs> and you were panicking the entire time. Um, I thought we threw were a rod die. in the engine. Yeah, it, no, it was... To be fair, it was not a good little car, but I loved it to death, and then it threw a rod. Um, I got accused of drag racing in it, and I laughed my ass off because that bitch was so slow and had zero get-up-and-go, but God, <laughs> it was a good little car. Oh, man, I missed the Mirthmobile. I would love to have the Mirthmobile back, honestly. I would also like to have my first car back. I actually keep looking for... Um, they, they made a Hot Wheels of it like two years ago, or at least of the style of it. Um, and you can only find them because people just ransack Hot Wheels apparently when they come out. It's like a weird collector thing. Um, so you can only find it on eBay and it's like 25 bucks. I'm like, I'm not paying $25 for a $1.25 Hot Wheels car. But yeah. my first car was a 1981 Toyota Starlet that I paid $50 for, drove for five wow. years, and sold for $50. I didn't know you could legally yeah. sell cars for that cheap. Yeah, well, I bought it for my brother, and he owed me $250, and I went, well, 
how much do you want for your starlet out there? And he went, eh, 300. I went, cool, 50 bucks. You don't owe me shit anymore. And he went, meh, cool, okay, and handed me the title. Uh, so that's, it's like the, the best thing I think I've ever gotten from my older brother. Um, this thing was a five-speed manual. I learned how to drive. It was a rear-wheel drive uh, in 1981 hatchback, like tiny little thing. They eventually turned it into the Tercel. So everybody knows what oh. a Tercel is, you know? Yeah. Um, but I learned how to do burnouts. I learned how not to try and impress people while you're still in second gear and you're trying to take off on the green light because you're just <laughs> going to sit there and get made fun of and laughed at by the people next to you, especially when you stall your car out three times in a row in a green light and people start honking. It's <laughs> not fun. Um, there's a very <laughs> tall hill that anybody in Colorado that has been in the Denver Federal Heights area knows well because it's right by uh, Waterworld. And let me tell you how much fun it is trying to learn how to drive a manual going up that hill. It's fucking terrifying. It's not fun that, in a Starlet, and it's not fun in a Volkswagen. And I did it in both. That is a good hill to learn how to drive a manual on, though. Uh, going down it is, not going up. It is terrifying. Because you let you off know, that clutch for half existence. a second. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you just pray to God that you're not going to stall out because how fast can your your foot hit the brake there? Uh, I just, I, I know that the Cadillac car isn't Hank's first car, but I thought it was a fun little trip down memory lane that we could kind of talk about them. Because their cars, our first one always means something to us. I loved my Starlet. I know you loved the Mirthmobile. Like, yeah. Hank cares deeply about Marlena, which is my uh, next note here, that the Cadillac car has a name, and her name is Marlena. Um, never really thought Cotton would be the type of person to name his vehicle, but hey, it's it's fitting. It's a good name for a Cadillac. Why not? Cotton um, looks at cars the same way he looks at women. They're objects, and of course it's going to be female. That is very true, very true. Um, we now know canonically that Hank has an uncle, which I don't think has ever been mentioned before, and I've never really picked up on, because uh, I didn't pay that much attention to the fact that Dusty is technically his first cousin. So it's because uh, Cotton says something about, I'm not going to do that to my brother's boy. So mm -hmm. we know Hank has an uncle, which is kind of cool. We and knew the that, only other though. Note, did we? Where, where do they mention that? Because I don't remember hearing anything about Cotton's side of the family. He, I don't know if it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, I don't know. Cause I don't know if it's Tilly either. I don't know where it came from, but there's the bit that talks about Hank's got the, uh, um, cousin, the, the girl with the underbite or whatever. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know where they come from, but I got to assume they're the same father at least. Or Cotton has okay. like multiple brothers, you know, like. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's his. Maybe his dad had a war scooch too, and he just didn't know about it. Oh God! World War One scooch. Yeah, probably a Belgian. Um, my last <laughs> one here, and I, 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 I think they just. <laughs> they the Sorry, is it Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they just hit the, the gold standards of every song here, but the one that stuck out to me is Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. We hear that when uh, uh, Hank is telling Bobby about who his uncle is, but there's a mm -hmm. whole bunch of others that they go through here. I, I don't listen to ZZ Top. I recognize Sharp Dressed Man when it comes on, and that's about it. Um, 
they're more influential to me because one of them plays the dad of the uh, hot girl on Bones for like half a season. And every time he shows up, he intimidates the other dude in Bones, but not Bones herself because that's her best friend's dad and they're, they're friends. It's a weird wait, thing. Wait, 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 wait. Roll this back for me really quick. A member of ZZ Top is in Bones? Yes. So one of ZZ Top's is in Bones as, as like Bones' best friend's dad. Yeah. And David Boreanaz is afraid of him? No. It's the other, like, curly-haired dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The other skinny white guy that's, like, the lab tech. He's obsessed with bugs and stuff. It's been a long time since I watched Bones. I used to watch a bunch. I don't remember all their names. Um, But he's... It's it's her other friend that's got, like, the massive eyes and massive teeth and is still really, really pretty. Um, I know Her dad in the show is ZZ Top. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, those are my notes. What do you got for me, bud? Weird. Uh, number one, you are reading my script when you say you don't like Z- or listen to ZZ Top. My, I recognize Sharp Dressed Man, and then I only know Velcro Fly because um, they keep talking about it in uh, the Dark Tower series when they go to yes, Lud. I know Velcro and Fly. And Eddie yep. recognizes, um, hey, that's the drumbeat to Velcro Fly. And I, like, looked up Velcro Fly just to have the context of how that sounded. Yeah, they do mention it like 20 times in that book, so I, yeah. I feel you. And then Jake left because Velcro Fly was funny. I don't, whatever. Um, you know how we're getting into the Twilight Years, the King of the Hill? You, okay, you know what we're going to call this last couple seasons? This is the Ladybird epic. It should have <laughs> died. It should have died four years ago, and it didn't have the good sense to do it. And so we get this geriatric pork chop of a show. You know how we, you know that we're in the Ladybird saga? Because you have the single mention and reference to a family member who is famous that we never see or hear from again, and absolutely zero outcome or anything at all out of this episode just to get a guest star. This is not this is not Danny DeVito showing up as Homer's brother and hey brother, can I spare a dime? It's not that <laughs> at all. No, 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 no. Instead, it's suddenly, well, Bobby, you're related to Dusty Hill. I, what? What? This is That's Sideshow what we're Luke doing? Perry, your long, long no-good half-brother. <laughs> that was a good bit, though. Because Krusty got <laughs> to fire him out of a cannon, and then he almost died. It was great. But, like, this is just... Jesus Christ, <laughs> you want to talk about inconsequential episodes, dude. Like, especially the ending. All of this shit, and then Dusty fixes the car, and they put it into Carhenge? What the yeah. fuck, man? Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm going to... I remember every now and then I like to go back and listen to like the early season of this when you and I like made the point to not swear and then I would beep out the other <laughs> like all the fucks and everything and then how to fire a rifle but no good hill hunting and that dog died because we just kept saying fuck so much but like I honestly got to come out and just say what the fuck dude yeah <sighs> also to that end uh Carhenge is on the Cadillac Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. Yes, there's actually multiple ones because there's one in um, Nebraska that I've been to as well that's also all Cadillacs. Well, I was just assuming that it was um the one. I, I just assumed it was the Amarillo one. Oh, no, it definitely is. Because that's the Texas, only Carhenge yeah. next, you know, close to them. There's also one in Colorado, apparently. Interesting. Yeah, the one in Nebraska is right... Go ahead. 
The one in Nebraska is right next to the big green dinosaur that you see in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Um, hey, how do you show a lot of exposition without doing anything? It's gonna montage. take a montage. Montage! King of the Hill got too many montages. Montage! I, god damn, like, what, last week, two weeks ago, I was kind of horned up because we got yet another montage. Boy, did we get another, another montage. We're, it's the only lazy... three weeks in a row. <sighs> Yeah, it, and like, don't get me wrong, I I really can get down on a good montage if it's necessary. This is probably the more necessary of the couple, but like, at the same time, makes absolutely zero sense to me. Like, okay, the, okay, so like, breaking it down, like, at Jeans West, okay, kind of funny. Um, I'm gonna win a propane award, Murray Hogarth is gonna be here. How the hell did Hank not get, know he was going to a stadium full of people? Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Suspend my disbelief. Just suspend it. It's all right. Um, and then, like, putting the beard on baby Bobby. I actually did laugh out loud at that. But, like, good lord, dude. I am getting real tired of montages. I didn't realize how montage King of the Hill is, I guess, up until this it, season. It wasn't. Yeah, as I say, it, it hasn't been, be. right? No, we're, we're kind of hitting a critical mass of this, I think. Kind of like when Family Guy realized every joke was a cutaway. Like, every episode was 900 cutaways and two minutes of story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're I to just... that point now, almost, where it's it got you guaranteed at least a montage every episode. At least that's yeah. how it feels. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, This is how you use a bad guest star. Tenuous plot points that don't really make any sense at all. And then I got to thinking, this is the Jack Black episode of Community. Yes. Yeah. Where they just feels like that with Buddy. Randomly cut in a celebrity and, and and again, no hate to Jables at all, but like No. Um No, but like just that and like, you know, they they, they cut him in like reacting to various plot points throughout the show. Like little bits like that. That's what this felt like to me. Just Oh no, Dusty's been here the whole time somehow, but we didn't talk about him for 13 years. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, And then my last one is, is that Will Arnett as the producer? And it was. Sure enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You got any pros? I do. Um, It's a pro in here that I'm not sure if I like how Dusty Hill is used in here. I think you you swayed me with that last bit of like, this is how you do a celebrity cameo like this, where everything is pretty inconsequential. Um, you know, it just kind of is what it is. He shows up, then he he's a thing, and then he goes away. Eh, it's fine. It is what it is. I I don't hate Dusty Hill. I don't hate ZZ Top. After this, I'm sure they all got a nice paycheck from this episode. Um. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, guys, you're probably not going to get too many royalties because I don't think a lot of people in the King of the Hill community like rewatching this. Uh, pros here. Baby Bobby with a beard. You you took that one straight from me. I know it. Um, that was the out of like all the little flashbacks. That's the one that got me to laugh out loud as well. Um, that's just I don't know. Maybe the idea of of Peggy like just half drugged out on whatever she was drugged out on and it being the best moment of his life. His baby coming out with a beard is just funny to me. (laughs) 
Um, I appreciate that even though he, we have never seen him before, Dusty knows that his cousin gets mad about charcoal. Like the first yeah. bit of that montage is him pouring charcoal into Hank's grill just to screw with him. Well, no, it no, is... no. That was the second montage. There are two montages in this episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but he I think that's why it made it me later. so mad. He follows up with it later when they're talking about how, how to get Hank mad, and they say something about, we can always just make fun of propane. He's like, no, 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 no. You can only push a man so far. Like, Dusty <laughs> knows how Hank is about propane. So I'm like, cool. If you're going to have him here, at least you are you are owning up to the fact that he knows his cousin well enough. Um, I, My last pro here is that for something that they are very well known for, I'm glad they used the beard as the plot point in the end. Like, that's why he's stuck in the derby car. This is um, he goes through some sort of magical uh, beard transformation or hair extension bullshit at the end because there's no way that he grows it all back to its normal length in like a month. But, eh, it's fine. It's cool. Do you got any pros for this one? Because that's all I got. Well, you we've actually already called them both out. Uh, baby Bobby, bearded baby Bobby. I really like that. I just that's just a good like little frame. I like that a lot. It is. Um, it's silly. Yeah, yeah, and then um, <laughs> propane. You can only push a man so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, give us some cons then. Shy of railing against the horror that is reality TV, how this turns into um, uh, the the Bam Margera does King of the Hill. Um. So my biggest con with this is that I understand that this is a thing that needs to happen. Nobody signed releases for this uh, show. They all should have signed releases to appear, and they didn't. Right. Nobody did. So it makes all of this a moot point. Whatever. Um, and Bill is completely useless in this episode. He's useless last week, too, but he's even more useless this week. He's so useless that I can't remember what scenes he was in this week. Yeah. But, like, at this point, I'm getting more out of Lucky than I am out of Bill. And, like, God, that just, that depresses me to no end. Oh, God, yeah. I don't know. I, we just had blood and sauce. Like, I know I didn't love it like you did, but, like, I don't know. I just, it, it, it bothers me. Um, yeah, those are my two cons. I don't really have a lot to say about this one other than, like, it's skeezy and stupid. And, yes, we all remember Jack Ash and Viva La Bam. Like, Vivla Hill, okay. I guess. I don't know, but ugh. interesting. So I'm gonna jump into mine here, and I, I find it funny that you went towards like the Jackass Vivla Bam route. But to me, this with with the idea of of it being Dusty Hill, it struck me more as oh, you guys are trying to create the Osbournes, and that was ten years ago. Like you are ten oh. years too late to make the Osbournes. Okay. Because I saw okay. it as aging rock star and and his family and screwing with each other and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, I don't know. That's that's the play I saw of it, but I could see I could see where you're coming from as well because they get they get cruel like they did in Viva La Bam. Um, the, the lawn destruction scene is way too much. That's a con for me. Um, is that the shark jump in this one? Holy shit, that's that's the shark jump for this season already. Um it's really bad for me. Mostly because they didn't even bother to animate his his lawn already dug up. 
because if they had at least shown some holes, some potential, like, hey, we have hit it somewhere in your front lawn, but then you pan to it and the lawn doesn't have anything wrong with it. So people are just screwing up his lawn to screw it up. Right. Like, where are you going to, where do you think they hid it and how did they close it back up? Like, that's not how the lawns work. And I think you all know that. So it's, it's just too much, but like everybody getting their own implements. You've got stupid ass Joseph trying to burn the grass, like, Cotton God, that's bad. But, but then it just, yeah, then it just keeps getting more and more and more. And it gets way off the rails when they start doing the truth booth in Bobby's room and you open it up and, and Buck Strickland, who we have, haven't seen in like four episodes, five episodes and has no business being in Hank's home is there talking about something stupid so that he can get on TV. And I'm like, nope, nope, really? I'm done with it. This is Side way note. too much. Side note to that, he's talking about doing something with Jimmy Lee somebody, so I got or Jerry Lee, I'm assuming that's Jerry Lee Lewis, and Jimmy Swagger, the uh, disgraced preacher, who uh, he got caught with a hooker, and, you know, it was a whole deal. But, like... Okay. So, I would I would like to see the side story of Buck Strickland, Tom Catton, with uh, Jimmy Lee Swagger. That'd be kind of... That'd be kind of fun. Interesting. But... But yeah, so like this this episode, it just it goes way way too off the rails for me. Um, at the end, I get it. It's it's reality TV. It's what reality TV has devolved into. It's only gotten worse since this came out fifteen years ago. But but you know what's amazing to me is how like ridiculous this was until I had to go back and stop. And I'm trying to think of the one, and we talked about like the horrible reality TV shows on Fox. And we we just mentioned Joseph was like, is that the one where they make her eat a bunch of cockroaches and then give her the other boob? Like, it was always this bad. It was always this bad. And this is a portrait of that. I honestly think this is Mike Judge's, like, a very special episode of why reality TV is bullshit and we need to take it out back and shoot it in the head. But, like, we can't do that. Um, I'm kind of bothered that we didn't talk about Cotton at all, honestly. Like, this is a an episode predicated on cotton. There is the good Dale line of like, I was in the, you know, he told me to quit talking and then he'd throw me in the trunk and it was like a roller coaster with all those guns. Yeah. Like, you know, like cotton shows up as a force of menace in this and he does, there's no payoff to it. Like even core central characters are not used well at all. You get con panicking because, ah, dusty hit. Like who cares? Like, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just railing at this point. We, no, we we haven't seen Cotton in what feels like a, over a season. And we finally get an episode with him. And yeah, you're right. We didn't mention him once because he yeah. is forgettable. He has a couple of moments like where he's he's just kind of a dickhead to to Hank and and um, talks about how, oh, yeah, I like, gave it to him so he could put it in the demolition derby and all this and that. Like he's, where he screws with them so he can get on TV and. No, yeah, but I didn't realize no, it meant that much to you, boy. Yeah. Yeah, you you turned Cotton into everybody else in this episode, and that takes away all of his shine and appeal. Because everybody else is already stupid in this episode, so why would you turn Cotton, one of the most interesting people in the Hill household, into that? But you know, too, yeah, everybody is not used. Like, Redcorn is completely throwaway. He slept with his wife for 13 years. Yeah, yeah, Bill's wife yeah. was a tramp. We all know. Shit yeah. like that, and it's just like, 
it honestly feels like they just said, all right, Kit, this is one of those ones that doesn't fit the timeline. Have fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I know. know, man. Do you got a favorite moment? Uh, baby bearded Bobby. Sorry, I'm trying to go back and look at the last time we saw Cotton, honestly. Officer and a Gentle Boy, season seven. Four seasons ago. Holy shit. Okay. It's been a it's been a while. Um Yeah, no, uh Baby Bearded Bobby is really funny, but past that, no. How about you? I <laughs> it's it's the Mike Judge's delivery of Hank's lines when they're doing the like torture montage, but specifically the one where Dusty Hill like frisbees him in the back of the neck and he just goes, That tears it. <laughs> Every time okay. I hear, every time I hear Hank say that tears it or that does it, I I don't know what it is. It just like lights a fire in me and just gives me the giggles, because it's always like that tears it is his ultimate. That's his red foreman. I'm gonna put my foot in your ass line. Like yep. you know it's it's happening. Like it's he said the line. Everybody, <laughs> he did the thing. <laughs> Hooray! And so to me, it's just funny, but like. It's animated so well. I also have no idea what leads up to him just frisbeeing something at the back of Hank's head, but it smacks him and he turns around and just screams. That tears it. That's funny to me. It's it's just slapstick. <laughs> Put in the jungle beat every time we see his vein popping. <laughs> that is, I mean, I don't want to laugh at that because that's dumb as shit, but I kind of wish that we would see reality TV like Real Housewives or or like this Love Island bullshit or whatever the hell it is and have them do super, super crappy, like, offbeat stuff like that. That would make it way more watchable. Yeah, the way I used to edit two wizards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> sound effects well, for the sake of sound effect. Yeah. Well, let's rate this bad boy so we can get out of here, man. Uh, what are you giving it? I gave it a butane. Um, it's almost watchable because it's not a terrible guest star. It's, it's an interesting premise. Um interesting enough i guess like we've seen it a million times the oh look at this uh this is this is your uncle the great jazz musician but i already have three uncles that are jazz musicians yeah but this is the one that plays saxophone we like everybody has that episode where the famous person comes on for a guest star <laughs> yes you're welcome that's a that's a simpsons reference wrapped in a cosby reference wrapped in a riddle you're all welcome for it the kids uh, they listen to the rap music and it gives them the brain damage with the hipping and the hopping and the bipping and the bopping and the guy with the ha ha. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Oh Thank fuck you, you that you could that. just Holy transport shit. me to that place. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> um but this this episode just gets so off the rails so fast and you know for for an episode that that's all all about show business and everything else. We see a criminally small amount of Bobby. We did. I didn't talk about that really at all, but it, it can be brought up here. Like, come on, man. Where's Bobby? He is. He is the showman. He should be doing shit in this show. Like, he should be the one that helps antagonize his dad. Yeah. Um. Hey, really quick, we didn't talk about it. I know, like, one of the like favorite scenes on uh, our King of the Hill is when Bobby's strapped to the guitar and he's spinning around. Pro or con <laughs> for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just but, I remember that yeah. in like I remember when this episode came out on Fox, and it was like 
King of the Hill gets dust or whatever the hell. And, like, there's Bobby, like, spinning on the guitar. Stop spinning, my boy! Right. But. No, so yeah. it's, that's that's it. That's what I got. What do you what do you rate this one, man? Oh, that's a megalo. This is, like, the most inconsequential episode we have seen to date. I, dude, okay, you know what? I would watch Racist Dog before I watch this one again. That's where it sits on the dock for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because at least something happened in our racist dog. Um, the Really, the only reason it's not a charcoal is because I just watched Luann Gets Lucky. And that one was so fucking terrible that it boosted this one's rating. That you were just happy to watch anything that wasn't that. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm also so glad we didn't get some bullshit like Tom Petty X um, ZZ Top like... You know what I mean? Just like I, I'm really glad there wasn't like a whole lucky Thandral scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad that didn't happen. But yeah. Uh, well, we ought to spin on out of here, right, buddy? Because every girl is crazy about a brief, short podcast. I don't know. That's that. That's exactly it. Uh, before we go, we got that ever important question to ask, man. Do you still like King of the Hill? Not right now. Holy shit, dude. If this was airing on Fox right now and I had the last three weeks, notwithstanding Peggy Horror Picture Show, I would not watch this. Like, I'd be like, dude, that show King of the Hill sucks. Like, thank God I've got, like, the scope of the last, like, two years with you doing this. Because otherwise, I would not be into it. Okay. Yeah. What about you, buddy? You still like King of the Hill? Hey, I still love King of the Hill. It's, it's a turd, but it's my turd. And I'm going to see it through to the end, and they're not all winners. That's that's not the society we live in. Not everybody gets a trophy, man. Some people have to be losers and stinkers. Unfortunately for uh, for Kit Boss, he probably just could have written a better episode. But, hey, at least it wasn't Luann Gets Lucky. So, there you go. <laughs> that's the problem, is this episode gets better because we just watched Lu- like <laughs> Like, so in an alternate reality, you know, we did a couple three-parters there. In an alternate reality, like, we we watched this one separate of Luann Gets Lucky. And I wonder what, because it would be Glenn Peggy, Glenn Ross next. And I wonder how we would feel about it. I don't, I don't need the answer, but I just kind of think about it, you know, like. Yeah. The Multiverse of Dangle podcast. Well, what do you say we get the heck out of here, man? I think that's a great idea, buddy. Do you want to tell those good people where they can find us? Absolutely. You guys can always reach us on Dangle Podcast. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've got a Facebook group at Dangle Podcast. If you're into email, you can email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me personally, I am Krautball on Instagram. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut. Ball is in Swedish meatball. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. That's where I spend most of my time until it turns to X and then I delete it, whatever. Um, you can also find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh stare into that void of weirdness so you don't have to. Or, 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 you can find us on our other, other sister podcast. Uh, I can't wait to show my kids a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and our buddy Brad and sometimes Johnny and sometimes Josh we look at movies that were fundamental to us as kids or young adults 
and the other one has not seen, and then we make the other one watch it, we discuss it, we analyze it, kind of like this. I'm not nearly as angry on that one, except on the Top Gun episode when I, when we were both pretty pissed off. <laughs> but then we also answer the super important question of, when can I show this to my kids? I think this week, if my timing's right, we either talked about um, Ninja Turtles and Josh was on, but yeah, go find us over there. Um, thank you for listening. I'm sorry, Johnny. I'm sorry, listeners. I was a little bit heated this week. Um, but hey, that is what it's going to be here for the upcoming foreseeable future, I imagine. But hey, if you can't handle me at my pretty, pretty truck truck, you don't deserve me at my dusty old bones full of green dr- dust or something, some better metaphor. <laughs> but we're glad you're here for it anyway. I love you all. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.